Welcome to Zephyr Yoga Inspiration. I offer these podcasts for free, and your support really does make a difference and is appreciated. To make a donation, please click the link in the episode description or visit ZephyrYoga.com. Over the past few weeks, we've been working our way through the beginning stages of yoga. So according to Patanjali in Sutra 227, there is seven stages of yoga that are light of our intelligence called prajna and our innate wisdom body called buddhi go through to experience that state of enlightenment, liberation, and freedom from that which causes us pain and suffering. So last week we worked with the first stage, which is self-awareness, that we became aware when we came onto our mat, noticing when we were having thoughts, when we were having feelings, when we were having certain sensations and memories that were surfacing, and what was distracting us, what was kind of causing our minds to kind of wander out of practice, and what actually helped us uh, direct our mind into more of an embodied experience. So um, this uh, practice of yoga is about awakening. This mindfulness, this awarefulness, that becomes the first step. The next step is actually starting to understand. As we consciously shape the breath to guide the mind to recognize its true self, that we start to have a direct recognition of you know, what is seen, what is felt, what is experienced. And we are seekers, we are yogis, we are hungry to understand what this whole embodiment is about and how can we refine our experience. So as we recall our past experiences when we come to practice and remember the certain tools and techniques to refine our mind to find its way back at home in our body and to recognize the true self as the self and to eventually you know transcend and transform into awakening to that liberated or enlightened state we start to open um, to a deeper understanding of what is going on. So we tap into this intellect to figure things out, to draw on um, our innate knowledge, to make wiser decisions align to our known true purpose. So yoga is really about a state of mind. It's not something that you do. It's about how do we work in rather than work out, like trying to use yoga is exercise. It's more of this embodied intimate relationship that we wake consciously to and noticing and seeing what is actually causing us suffering, pain, and then starting to understand the root causes of that. So when we practice refining a pose, we rest the mind in the body breathing, Sutra 134 rest the mind in sensation arising, falling, contracting, releasing, uh, unraveling Sutra 135, and then rest the mind in that illuminated awareness, this light, cultivating more light. This is Sutra 136. So we notice when we are focusing on that, stuff will arise in the form of thoughts, emotions, sensations, and it's our opportunity to start to understand. 
understand why it's percolating up to the surface. There's usually a reason. You know, how is it expressing itself? Um, you know, where is it being experienced? There's certain areas where these thoughts and emotions surface and there's a reason why. And also an age to it. So there might be, this might be something that you were dealing with when you were a little person or you know, something that is quite new. And then what is it trying to tell you? What shape is it? What color is it? You know, what image is it? You know, and then as we see and listen and open to receive what it needs to um, share with us, how it needs to express itself, we really offer it to the inhale pattern. We recognize it and allow it to be. Instead of adding to the commentary or storytelling, we go, wow, that's a strong thought. That's a strong emotion. Wow, that's a strong sensation. I can see it. And as you work with breathing it in, and then that process of exhaling, teaching you how to um, surrender to what is, to learn to let go and let be, that um, we build these tools to see how much we are attached to what is arising and why we are um, creating more of a storytelling around that. So I wanna give you a really cool map to give you a better understanding of these thoughts, emotions, memories, etc., etc. So this is the map of the Granthis. Granthis are these physical, psycho-emotional knots. Granthi means knot, they're holding patterns. And they cover not only the physical body, but they cover the subtle body, specifically the chakra system. Now, chakras are closed when you are practicing, when you are awake. So you're not opening your chakra when you're doing Urva Dhanurasana. Those chakras are closed. What you are affecting when you are practicing yoga is your granthis. And so this um, experience of chakras, when you're in deep meditation, they will open. When you are in waking state, you'll feel them closed and there's these kind of doors and hinges that are creaky that misshape the physical and energetic emotional mental body around the chakras. So these knots inhibit healthy pranic flow of this intelligence and function of these chakras. So the first um, granthi covers the lower three chakras. This is called Brahma granthi. And this is all about your needs. So issues around your needs. So the first chakra, the main issues that you will um, connect to in forms of thoughts, memories, sensations, um, emotions, is your basic issues around fear, of um, issues around trust and security. Your second chakra is all about erratic emotions, poor boundaries, this kind of stuck in guilt and a lack of creative forces. The third is all around your issues of, uh, about self-esteem, an imbalance of willpower, and also a distorted sense of purpose. So issues around shame. So we have fear, guilt, and shame. Ooh. So when you're practicing, noticing when thoughts come up and you see them and you start to understand, is this an anxiety response? Notice how it's being felt in your body and start to create those links or those ties to understand how these thoughts, emotions, and uh, memories come up and where you're storing them in your body. 
Vishnu Granthi covers your heart and throat, the upper two chakras. Now, this is all about our shoulds. I should be better by now. This shouldn't be happening to me, you know, the shoulds. And there's a sense at your heart, there's a lack of self-acceptance. There's this um, experience of, you know, a lack of empathy or compassion or heartache where we feel sorrow and grief and hurt and then our resentments around our throat is an ineffective way in which we communicate clearly. You know, there's this incapacity to express ourselves honestly. So there's this kind of lies that we tell ourselves and other people. So you'll see and sense stuff come up that are distorted and linked to this area. The last one's called Rudra Granthi, and it's around your mind. And Rudra Granthi is all about me, mine, and I, that very egocentric, um, self-absorbed narrative. And it's like a veil of ignorance, avidya, uh, um, that mental-emotional affliction, um, that mask and inhibits our ability to see clearly. So there's misapprehension, there's misunderstanding, and there's also confusion. So again, when that is starting to come up, you'll notice that it's felt here. So the image of a knot is a real clear expression of our attachments um, to our stories and, you know, what we're holding on to. And this is raga. This is the mental emotional affliction called raga. And it binds us to what we are clinging to, to what we're grasping and holding on to to create a way of identifying. This is me and this will always be me and I am my thoughts and I am my emotions. I am my memory and I am my hurt and I am my pain and I am my suffering. So how is your attachment to your thinking um, rising up in your practice? Noticing the word choices that you are talking to yourself with that are, that are expressing sometimes a, a, an emotion that either, you know, is coming up and notice when you're fidgeting when you find it really difficult to reduce any unnecessary movement. Notice your eyes wandering and what is your experience reinforcing in yourself? Is it reinforcing this current situation that you just feel stuck in your life, that you feel um, gripped like a granthi? So when we are practicing uh, watching becoming self-aware and then starting to open up the space to understand, you know, how is your current situation coloring your experience of your lived embodiment? Why and what is motivating you? Where are you feeling it? And that sense that, um, can you delay the gratification of entertaining what is going on? Can you practice and practice letting go and letting be practice awakening that you are so much more than your thoughts, emotions, and your experiences and notice when you go into habitually abandoning yourself, you go into disassociation. Notice that and go, wow, every time I do these yoga poses, this type of yoga pose, I want to abandon. And notice when you are fighting with yourself, stupid body, and you're pushing yourself into something that, you know, you, you're like, why am I trying to hurt myself? Why am I kind of victimizing myself or blaming myself and or other people in my own head while I'm practicing? So as you listen and feel and start to understand, you know, what is arising without adding more to the story, you allow whatever comes up and to educate you 
to um, learn and let it pass through you, knowing that this is a storm that is just going to pass and that as you turn your attention to the body breathing, sensation and light, cultivating more light, in this light you feel strong, stable, yet open and expansive. You um, absorb what you need to learn and then make sure that you're cultivating Sutra 133. Non-judgmental awareness, friendliness, joy and compassion. Approach whatever comes up with a loving awareness. Befriend yourself going, wow, Zeph, we're having a really hard time, aren't we? And then bring some joy. Feel that joy, a sweet, tender smile as you learn how to love yourself back to, um, you know, wholeness, oneness, completeness. Ideally, we're practicing to heal ourselves. We're practicing to know ourselves. We're practicing to transform this kind of alchemy of the fire and the heat that we create and practice. And so we can bloom, blossom and flourish in our lives so we can thrive and really fulfill our purpose of embodiment. So our practice today is really going to um, draw our attention to asana and in our asana we need to have a balance between strength and flexibility. If you're just completely over flexible, you're going to tear your body up and you're not going to be able to create a supportive place for the mind to exist in. So we need to provide a strong, stable body so we can open in a safe, secure place. So that idea of stira and sukham is key. If you would like to continue to practice, find out more information about the topics discussed, or to donate to this podcast, please visit ZephyrYoga.com or follow the link in the episode description. I thank you.